0: Welcome to a special episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. In our bonus episodes, we like to give some airtime to stories and individuals that are doing something just that little bit special. Today's bonus features Dorothy Shayser, founder and president at Foundation Cycle. Coming up on today's show... Dorothy reveals a rather lovely start in her career. And I decided to go and live in Polynesia,
1: in the middle of an island with coconut
0: trees. More business cliches from Phil Well, discussion is good. What moves us all forward? And Dorothy demonstrates that she was way ahead of the Covid curve
1: In 2015, to explain to people, you know that homewashing can save lives and people say, ah, what do you mean?
0: All that and so much more as Dorothy talks us through the incredible work she's doing in upcycling used hotel soaps Don't forget to give us a like and a share across your favourite social channels. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Today our guest comes from a very special organization which I will let her tell us all about rather than me trying to get it wrong, as I historically always do. And I'm delighted to welcome the founder and president of the Cycle Foundation, Dorothy Shayser.
1: Hello Phil, nice to meet you and nice to be with you during this conversation.
0: Yes, thank you for, for being here. And did I get your pronunciation right? Perfectly. Are you sure? <laughs> really people just say out. that to <laughs> be kind. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Um, so how are you?
1: I'm very fine. I'm, uh, I'm in, uh, in Switzerland by now with the beautiful weather and it's, uh, I'm fine.
0: Which part of Switzerland are you in?
1: I am in Basel, which is the German-speaking part of uh, of Switzerland. Okay. Uh, at the at the border, we're really at the border of Germany and France.
0: Right, got you. And what's the the weather doing for you at the moment?
1: It's a spring, spring arrived finally.
0: Yeah, I, do you know I have a a friend who moved to Switzerland just last year, and <laughs> um and she is, where is she? I can't actually remember, but she posts all these pictures. Of snow covered mountains and our walks just look absolutely incredible. It's just a really spectacular country. Yes. Yes. I think the nature
1: here is very, is very beautiful, I have to say. This is the biggest quality of this country, the nature.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I was really keen. This actually, there's a little bit of a story as to how you and I got connected to, to have this chat in the first place. I did a, a podcast chat with Mark Darden, who you know. Uh, and I didn't know that at the time because of the uh, obviously that what you're doing now puts you kind of in direct contact with him but we'll come on to all of that later because I'm I'm really intrigued to kind of delve into to what it is that you're doing and and the difference that you're making but before we do all of that let's go all the way back to the beginning of your career because you also are not what I would classify as a, a typical hospitality person in terms of your your journey and your your career so far, but that to me is what makes it really interesting because I, I think you can kind of find this industry in any form at any stage, uh, and your your story will hopefully depict that to us as well. So take us back all the way back to the beginning. What what, uh, what did you start out as?
1: Yeah, I have to say it's true that I had several uh, uh, several uh, working lives, if you could say. I, I st- I've done some uh, my studies were in uh, political sciences in Paris. Okay. Um, so, uh, normally I should have started to work uh, in politics, but uh, it, from the beginning it changed and I started to work in marketing and advertising in the 80s. That was very exciting at that time. There were a lot of money, and uh, so it happened for a few years. And then I decided to move completely out of uh, Europe and I decided to go and live in Polynesia, in the middle of an island with uh, wow. coconut trees.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, I, can't, uh, I can't see the attraction for that at all. <laughs> exactly.
1: And it happened that there... Uh, I was working also in in, uh, in marketing and uh, uh, advertising agency, and I met my future husband, who is working in the hospitality. This is a bit of the beginning of the story. Uh, okay. And uh, my husband is Swiss, not at all Polynesian, and uh, so we started uh, a journey together, and um, the first, I would say the first step with that um, he was, uh, he got a job in Africa, in Cameroon, to open a new Hilton in Cameroon. And I was there with him. I came with him and I had to find a job. So I found a job as a journalist. Uh, because right. I made some political sciences. So that was a bit of core of my, of my uh, knowledge. And um, there, of course, my, my life was very different as his life. He was working in a in a luxury environment in a very poor country, and I was, of course, doing some reports in in this country itself. And I saw uh, another reality that the one he saw. Right. So I would say that's that's maybe how my sensibility to this fundamental contradiction in a lot of of of, of uh, countries where uh, nice tourism that's there is a lot of luxury in one side and a lot of poverty on the other side.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I best from a journalism perspective, that must have been quite yeah. an interesting thing to explore.
1: Absolutely. It was really very interesting. And after we came back to Europe and I still work in journalism, but when we came back to Switzerland, because it that's his country, I worked some time for the university in Basel in this in the city where I worked in uh, something at that time in the, in the year before the year 2000 it was in uh, interactive design which nobody knew what it was uh, it was quite interesting and then I worked for seven to ten years I worked in the art world because I am a very big fan of contemporary art. And uh, I always wanted to work in this world. And so I worked in communication, in a communication agency specialized in the art world. So I've been really traveling a lot. I've been in a lot of hotels and in a lot of uh, different things. But after a few years, I found out that um, this world, which is a beautiful world, which I love, and I think art is very important for 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 humankind but um it was very far away from the real life and i wanted to go back into the i mean i wanted to do something in real real life something which has an impact and even if it was a small impact it should have really an, some kind of impact and i wanted to to do something myself that i could also thank back what i've got um, or give back what i've got
0: I yeah is that what then led you into what you're now doing?
1: Yes, I have to say that's it. Because then I, I thought, what what could I do? And uh, after some discussions with my uh, with my husband, or his friends or his, uh, uh, of course, colleagues, that what was happening with the waste in the in the in the hotel industry. Yeah. And we found I found out that was a very big problem. And of course, luxury has to stay. And we have nobody is against luxury. Luxury is, is really very important, and it's a big uh, a, a big economic pull for a lot of countries. Yeah. But in another way, it makes a lot of waste in, in, the, in the industry. And one one of the thing which I was always a bit uh, annoyed when I was going to hotels was when you go in the bathroom and then you. You just open the soap. You use the soap once, twice, three times, and it's thrown away. And even in some hotels, they put they put a new one back on the day after. You don't even keep it. So I thought, what is happening with this with this soap waste? Mm. And uh, this is how how the whole story starts because uh, I found out that the, my my husband told me, yeah, we threw it away. It was like. Uh, absolutely obvious for him. Yeah. And um, that's how it started.
0: Right, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, um, well, waste is obviously a a massive topic now, but when was this? When was, what year was this that you, you had this kind of light bulb go off in your head? so
1: it was in the beginning of the uh, 2010s so in 2012 2012, more or less i had the first ideas but i mean the really i started to really uh, uh, research and uh, get really involved and uh, and slowly quit my other job uh, in 2014. Uh, we really started and we really started in 2015 to be uh, active so the idea was really that what do we do with this soap? So to collect the soaps of the hotels, the, the used soaps, and to do something, but what? And at the end, to give back, to give these soaps to these people in need all over the world. Yeah. And, but the thing was what to do with the, with the soap and how to do that. And so um, I have done some research and I found out that it was very easy. Soap is very, it's not even recycling. We call it recycling because uh, in 2015, it was not so uh, obvious, but um, soap is very important. Now we can say now that uh, everybody knows that soap is very important to wash their hands. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) And, uh, but at that time, it was not so clear. And so I say, okay, what, what, how can we do that? And um, we found a way. And I have to say, yes, I have to say something. It's really, it was important for me not only just to work, of course, with the uh, hospitality industry but, and also with uh, the people in need, but also to do something in Switzerland. And I thought, okay, if we have to. Recycle, as we could say, uh, the soap. Why don't we do that with people with disabilities? And this is how I try to. I found um, a workshop which employs people in, with disabilities in, uh, in Basel. And we, with them, and uh, with the people themselves, really completely built a process, really a new process to to clean the soap. To crush them and to create new soaps, so at the end we have really beautiful new soaps, and these beautiful new soaps are given, donated, to um, some partners' uh, organization who distribute them for free to uh, people in need. That um, yeah, that was the whole. That's a whole, uh, the whole. The whole flow of the
0: thing. Right, and it's uh, this is hard soap. Yes. Yeah. Yeah so you're you're not doing anything with the the liquid soap but then i suppose the liquid soap is a lot easier to control in terms of the you know how you not have so much waste with liquid soap but with hard soap once it's been used by someone it can't really then in principle be used by someone else it has to then go through a process yes
1: oh, i have, i have a lot to say about that because of course at the beginning we thought we do just we we are just doing that with hard soap which was more complicated because it's more complex to crush the soaps. You cannot mix them, so we have to keep. We have a traceability, a very, very high standards of traceability from, from when it arrives, from which hotel, which day, which kind of soaps, and to the end, we can really know where does the soap come from. And uh, we don't mix the soap, so at the end, it's the same soap than at the beginning. So, but it's just a, another form and. Yes, and it's also, it's. I would say it's not easier. The thing is, I'm very fond of hard soap because it's also much more sustainable and it's much more ecological. Because hard uh, soap, uh, mainly, is the product itself, and it's uh, sometimes you have packaging. Which is not very sustainable, but most most of the time is paper, and, yeah. and that's it. And when it goes into the, in the into the running water, it pollutes much less than liquid soap. Right. Okay. So, um, and that's why I say also it's a miracle of soap because miracle soap because it's um soap is a very old product. Imagine it's, was it was discovered in like three thousand before Christ by the Sumerians.
0: Right. At that
1: time, of course, they were just not—they didn't know the hygiene power of soap. But it was—it was washing power. It was washing, and then during during the whole these old millennia, it have been used as a washing items. And it's only in the nineteenth century that it started to be uh, understood by the by the doctors that it was also that cleaning the hands before. Having an operation could really save a, a patient from being killed by by germs during the yeah. operation, and now, of course, with the pandemic, we all know that soap is something that cleaning the, your I and mean, washing your hands regularly and uh, thoroughly can really uh, avoid ha- getting some viruses or bacteria. So, uh, and this is uh, this is why. I think it's an amazing product because it's very cheap, and even the UNICEF says. And I, I have to now. I have to be very careful how to say that because because of the uh, the actual situation. But UNICEF always said that uh, soap was a uh, self vaccine. Right. Okay. Of course, we now we, don't, let's not talk about vaccine, but <laughs> but it's uh, it's really because in in Africa, or in very poor countries uh, or remote places, I would say more, children, for example, mm-hmm. children die from diseases which are which would normally would completely be avoided if they would be have access to soap and water, of course, but water first, but water with soap yeah. uh, and washing the hands. And uh, because if, if a, a, a child has a disease in these countries, the doctor or the hospital is so far away that he can die in between, so which doesn't happen in our countries, of course. So that yeah. was that was uh, for me the the, the main reason. Uh, at the beginning, I say, okay, let's give these soaps to uh, to the schools uh, to educate the children to wash their hands. It's not that the, the, they don't wash themselves, but it's not this habit of washing hands was not really uh, taught, taught, taught in the schools.
0: Yeah, well, that and the the fact that I think even a, a lot of adults have relearned mm-hmm. how to wash their hands properly through through this last year.
1: Yes, exactly. And now, of course, it's much easier. And when I started to, to in, in 2015, the, the program, and I had to explain to people, you know, you know that hand washing can save lives. And people say, huh? what do you mean? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Now, yeah, who is this? Who is this mad woman? <laughs> exactly. Now yeah. I don't have to explain
1: that anymore. <laughs> that's yeah. much easier. Uh, so that's right. But and so we started collecting the soaps in Switzerland in 2015. And in, in the meantime, we got more or less 120 hotels who are participating to our program.
0: Was that process tricky or were, were, were people quite you know, did they see the value in it quite quickly?
1: I think they quite, quite quickly understood Uh, at the beginning in in 2015. It's amazing how fast everything evolves because also in 2015 for the hotels, it was not, they were thinking they were doing a donation to me, you know. They don't right. make their, their used soaps, which was a bit strange, but and now they understand it's a waste that they have to manage. So the, the mentality yeah. have changed a lot. So now they can really it's it's a waste. We have to they have to manage it and they have to be sustainable more and more for also for the clients, but uh, for, but also for themselves. Yeah. And so they understand that they have to do with that. And and if they can do this waste management, this soap waste management but doing good at the same time then I think that they're quite easy to uh, to convince
0: yeah well that's that's a, a win for everyone isn't it and and also I suppose if they're donating an in inverted commas their soaps to you it means that they don't actually have to figure out how they you know sustainably dispose of their their used soaps it's it's going into something that you know, has a, a pay it forward kind of mentality.
1: Yes, exactly. And I have to say, which is very interesting, it's also that in the hotel themselves internally, uh, you know, I mean, the, the the cleaning the cleaning teams in in our countries, most of them, I would say, come from some of these countries which where uh, hygiene is not so easy, and right. these are. Normally, the ones who are the most touched, but also the most active in collecting the soaps, these ladies, uh, generally ladies, um, because they know how important it is, and also they don't like this idea of of this waste of products which are nearly not used.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we when we had our uh, our chat before we we turned the microphone on a few weeks back. I remember talking to you about somebody else that I'd had on on the show, Douglas McMaster, who's got a, a zero-waste restaurant, and his mantra is all about that waste is a, just a failure of the imagination. So if businesses are just being wasteful, it just means that they haven't thought about what to do with that yet. And if you come along then and give them a solution to that, but also you're going to do something good with this, as well, that I, I can't imagine that anybody would ever say no.
1: Exactly. I think it's it's really, and I love this. I love this this quote from uh, because I think it's exactly that. And it's uh, and uh, even if you think that you can do something with your waste that gives also a value to the waste, it's even better.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. you I mean, you are effectively you're creating a, a brand new product for a need that is there yes as well and that's that's the the, i suppose the critical you're basically just repositioning it uh into into something else yes
1: exactly well it's not something else it's the same same product that's why i could i don't want to use the the recycling word because it's more like upcycling now we could say right or even transformation because it's the same product and this is why it's really a miracle because it's it's a product that you can remake and remake until it doesn't go in the water. You can redo, you can absolutely uh, retransform it all the time, ta- uh, several times if you if you need. And it's also I have to say I just jumps to something else. But in the um, in the workshop with the people with uh, disabilities, it's also for them something very. It's, it's kind of a comfort because they do a job that they can make failures. They can fail because if a soap is not well made and it's not perfect, we, we, we crush it again and we do, redo it. So right. there is no pressure for them, no pressure, because in some other job that they do, when they do some packaging, or other kind of job that, um, that they have in this, um, in this workshop, if they fail, of course, it's, it's a cost. Yeah. By us, there is no cost and there's no failure. And also this other point is very important for me and it's very, uh, yes, it's essential for me, is also that these people which are disabled, who have a difficult life, suddenly they have a social role. They do something for people who are even in a worse, I would say, life condition than them. Mm. Suddenly they are proud of what they do.
0: Yeah. I mean, actually, when you think about it, I'm quite fascinated by the evolution of an idea because, you know, you, you can have that that light bulb moment at any point in time, right? That gives you an idea for something. And it's not until you actually take time to really sort of sit down and figure out how can we turn this idea into something tangible that all of these other little things start to present themselves. Like you could have just taken the soap and gone to you know a regular manufacturing company and said okay so what can we do but actually you're also looking at how am i having how is this idea having a social impact all the way through the process
1: yes exactly the social impact is very important i think so and i think we are entering also now a century and a time where this will be the social impact or the humanitarian impact of all business will have will get a value, which for the yeah. moment has not. It's difficult to 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 give a value to that, but it's more and more important, I think.
0: Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's something that doesn't appear specifically on balance sheets or profit and loss, is it? I also know that the, with the next generation coming through. They're actually one of the main drivers for them before they decide to join any organization. It's, it's around, okay, what are you doing to save the world? Uh, you know, What are you doing to have a positive impact? Uh, that's now becoming as important as the job role itself and how much they get paid and all of these sorts of things. So businesses have to look at that, I think, from, from top to bottom in their, their, their full cycle.
1: Absolutely. And this, it's what they call corporate social responsibility. And of course, in their uh, final report, a yearly report, they have this, uh, they they have to have this kind of now uh, chapter. And you see where the the, this some companies are taking really that with some heart and really doing something. And some other just try to... uh, to curb the numbers or to uh, trying to, to, let's say, do a kind of greenwashing or social washing uh, of the activities. You
0: know? Yeah, absolutely. So where are you at now in, in terms of your, your, your business? What's, what's kind of next for you?
1: Well, now, so just for you, giving you a few uh, indexes of our numbers, uh, we are now, we have started also, yeah, because of, again, because Accor, Accor the Accor Group was supporting us in Switzerland to start um, yep. on a on communication basis basis on on and organizational basis. Uh, they just really um, we are really keen that we start also in other countries, and especially with, they want us to start in France and Germany. So finally, we say, okay, let's do just one country at a time because it's quite a lot of uh, it's quite uh, a lot of work. And we started in France. So we started already to collect some soaps in France in southern 16, 17, but uh, we decided to really create a new entity in France in 2018 uh, with a new workshop in uh, Alsace, so in the east of France, and yeah. uh, also with disabled people, and to uh, to, to replicate the, the model. Now it means that we have... Uh, in both countries, more or less, uh, we have one 230 hotels who are uh, working with us or just giving us their soaps. And uh, if I just uh, combine the two countries, we have in five years collected 21 tons of these little soaps, which means wow. when the soaps are between 30 and 50 grams, so 20 yeah. pounds, it's a
0: lot, of soaps. A lot uh, of soaps
1: and a lot of soaps we have, which have not been thrown away and go in the garbage and in the, in the waste. Mm. So uh, we had also, um, we had a, a study made in, uh, in here in Switzerland by the university and we have, uh, which have uh, studied the, uh, the impact, the CO2 impact of our activity. Compared of the impact of the, the the waste waste of the soap, which is burning or just putting in landfills, yeah, uh, what is the difference? And we are saving ninety percent of the CO2. Wow! Wow! So, and even we are counting on the transport of the soap from the hotels to the to the to the facility. So yeah. it means even with with a, a truck driving, <laughs> it's even only just ten uh, percent of the of the of the waste of the burning so it means that these twenty one tons that we collected have uh, saved forty nine tons of co2 in six years so it's it's not so bad
0: very good yeah but
1: because burning one kilo of soap imagine when burning one kilo of soaps burns the same amount of co2 that one liter of gasoline
0: really right yeah well and that's um well, it's not a particularly big thing if you think then about all of the, the, you know, almost the endless supply of soaps that are out there. If everybody was just throwing them away, you know, that's, that's an awful lot. Yes, it's a lot.
1: And of course, at the end, which is the most important, we, we have redistributed uh, 150,000 soaps to people in need. And right. the interesting thing that we st- when I started uh, the program in 2015, my view were that, yeah, because we, I lived in Africa, I was willing to, to uh, send these uh, soaps in uh, programs. We need them for uh, uh, hygiene education in different countries in uh, uh, East Asia or in, in Africa. And finally, I found out that population in our countries sometimes don't have access Well, don't have access they have access to soap but they can't afford hygiene products right and for example in france the hundred percent of the soap we distribute are distributed in france and of course uh, at the beginning of the the pandemic that was even worse because the the families or uh or the refugees or people in in france were uh, followed by the, the social uh, entities, uh, were um, not having any hydroalcoholic gel, you know, there was no one. So yeah. all these organizations were calling me and saying, please give us some soap. And that was really very uh, amazing that suddenly soap was needed.
0: Yeah, well, I remember when the pandemic hit, you could not get soap anywhere. You know, even soap, yeah, exactly. Yeah, even yeah. you know, even if you can't afford to buy it, you just, just you know, it was off the shelves. Yes, because so, everybody was paranoid.
1: And of course, it was, it was for us a bit. It was a bit. Of, of course, it was a problem because okay, at the beginning we had some soaps, but at the end of two thousand twenty, and now the the hotels are closed.
0: Yeah, the hotels
1: are closed. We have no soaps. Yeah, and and the, the distribution partners—they are asking for soap, so it's really we are really now in a very strange situation where we, we could distribute ten times what we have. So
0: yeah. I was going to ask you about that actually, because uh, obviously you are reliant on these hotels to be up and running and, and actually, you know, operating as normal. Have you literally just had to kind of put a stop on your operation until such time that, that things reopen?
1: Uh, in Switzerland no because we had some uh, some How you say that some stocking, in we had some 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 soup. Okay, uh,
0: yeah. Uh,
1: sorry. Um, and uh, that was okay, but in France yes, it we we didn't produce anything the the first 3 months. We're starting restarting starting just now. Right. 2021, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So you're you're now in Switzerland and France. Have you moved to Germany yet as well?
1: No. No, we nope. uh, move, moved to Germany. It's quite complex, but we are thinking, I mean, the next uh, the next step for us would be to jump into something which is not very well known and not uh, existing in like that, which is called social franchising. It means that it's uh, the same principle that franchising and the business franchising, but yep. with no financial terms in it. So uh, you just try to replicate the program. We would do that in some other countries, but without getting ourselves involved in the country itself. But of course, giving all the support for the process, for the quality control, for the, um, yes, the relationship with the hotels, with the distribution partners, everything. So we could offer a package to some people who would li- like to do the, to reproduce our program somewhere else. And I hope <laughs> we will start in Spain soon. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Well, um, I mean, the, the quantity of hotels the world over, I mean, literally, you could take this anywhere.
1: Anywhere. And I, I have received mails from people from all over the world every, every week or every month. Last week was from in... Uh, from someone in um, in Egypt, because in Egypt it's exactly the situation where there is a lot of big hotels, yeah. luxury hotels, and there is a, also a tremendous amount of people who are really uh, in very uh, poor situation. So yes, it could be reproduced in a lot of countries. And the other, my other, my other pro- project now is also to. i thinking of uh, also taking care of the liquids because, uh, as you say, of course, in hotels you have also in luxury hotels. Okay, in the le- luxury uh, segment, there will be. I imagine there will always be, this kind of little amenities bottles, bigger or smaller of sh- of uh, uh, shampoo, conditioner, and all that. And yep. of course, it's the same problem. You open it once, you use it once, and it hasn't been thrown away for bacteriological reasons, for, I mean, uh, security reason. And it's not only then that you have the soap waste, but you have the plastic waste, which is
0: yeah, yeah. worse. So, yeah.
1: um, and even if in the, in the um, hotels, we really want to be more sustainable are installing now this kind of uh, dispenser, in the in the showers or in the, in the bathroom, even this dispenser now have, uh, are very hygienic. So it's a it's a it's a sealed plastic bottle which is put inside the dispenser, but it's never completely empty. So it always stays one fourth, one fifth, one third of the soap. So we could really collect all these too. Right. And of course then. The problem is the the plastic uh, recycling, but uh, there are also more and more plastic recycling units in every country that we can uh, we can uh, partner with.
0: Yeah, I know a guy who um, is now making roads out of recycled plastic. Uh, yeah, as well They're in the UK, but they have contracts all over the world mm-hmm. now, and that's just a you know that, that's just again looking at a product that is going into landfill and going okay, so what what else could we do with this? yes and yeah i mean it's it's everywhere really isn't it and it's it's inevitable when you have a coming together of lots and lots of people that there are going to be products that are considered to be waste but it's then you need more and more people like you to be able to go okay well that's fine if that's not going to be used in that guise again what else could we use it for?
1: yes exactly and of course Plastic, you know the, the the real ecologists that say uh, plastic it should not be recycled. It should be, it just should not be used, but it's quite difficult because uh, uh, in our in our in our society uh, for a lot of things we need plastic.
0: Yeah, you,
1: you cannot have electricity. Uh, you know, electricity need you need to put your the wire with plastic. Yeah. otherwise you cannot touch the wire. I mean, a yeah. lot of things like that. It's very difficult to say let's get rid of plastic. But if we get, we, we can try to use less plastic on how it, we use it. That's the most important. And of course, if you have to use it, it should not go to the landfills and then go in the rivers and then go in the sea.
0: Definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if um, if somebody is listening to this and thinks, oh, wow, I I think I'd really like to do that in my country, what's uh, the best method for them to to i assume get in touch with you and and kind of take it from there
1: yes i mean we are we are there are several programs in several countries already doing more or less the same thing matters, meaning that collecting the soaps from hotels and making new soaps um, to to for, for 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 to distribute, and there, are, for example, there's a very good program in Hong Kong uh, made by the Hong Kong University, and it's all a student program, meaning the students are doing it from a collecting the soaps to recycling to distributing to marketing to uh, finance everything so and it's supported by the university of, uh, of hong kong which is a right. really great program um there's also a good program, which is more or less the same than ours in Australia, I know. There is also one in, in the United States. It's the oldest one and the biggest one called, called Clean the World. They try to be in Europe, but I don't think they, they, they recycle exactly the same way than us. So I think they don't have the same impact, I think. Um, and uh, there is a very nice program also in London called Clean Conscience. Uh, in case you have uh, British uh, hotel managers or a uh, governor listening to us. Mm. Uh, this program in London is absolutely amazing, made also by a uh, wonderful woman and working also with disabled people. So she's, uh, she's doing that. So it's going to be more and more, and hopefully, because it's it's needed everywhere. Uh, but of course, I'm always happy to, uh, uh, to give some advices, and maybe start uh, this, this social uh, franchising program will start, I hope, next year. And so why don't we, maybe we can just expand also.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I suppose the, every country is going to have its own individual ways of doing things as well, right? Which means that you, you can give the, the guidance and the, the sort of the foundation plan, but there are going to be differences in each territory.
1: Of course, yeah, exactly. For example, there is also in uh, in Cambodia and Laos, there is a very nice program also, and uh, they work with they. It's they good in in the villages, and that the women are doing the the recycling uh, in the villages, and they they earn some money with that. So it's makes different. We can really make it different ways also.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Well, no, and that, you know, look, you've, you've got one of the the, the largest hotel groups on your side, it seems as well. Um, That's a really great foundation to work from uh, as well. And you get somebody that big to, to get behind it and support it. I'd imagine it also helps raise your profile.
1: Uh, yes, um, of course. The last time they were a bit busy with of <laughs> the, the problems, but I really hope that we going we are going to go forward with that together, and with the uh, with the Accor group, uh, because of how Accor like hotels. Because I think uh, it's a huge uh, a huge strength, and they have so many uh, different uh, brands that uh, we can really could really work very much more brightly uh, again.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Is there is there anything else that, that that you're that you would like to cover while you're while uh, we're having just, the chat? Uh,
1: maybe one 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 point just because of course we didn't discuss that we are a nonprofit, and of yep. course and it's it was a bit of the, the some topic we just uh, discussed a, a bit earlier was about yeah, the social impact and importance in this century now of social impact and all that, but of, of course social impact doesn't bring money. And, uh, and of course, we still have to pay the people who are uh, uh, transforming the soap. We have to also, I, I'm working, we are three persons doing the, all this, this two countries program. We are three three women working on that. So, I mean, of course, there are some, some costs. And um, there is no really, it's very difficult financially to find a sustainable financing ways uh, about that. Because, um, yes, it's... Uh, First, I have to say we cannot sell the soap again because a lot of people tell me, oh yes, and so you do the soap, so you could resell them to the hotels. So this I want just is a point I want us to add because we cannot do that. And right. we don't want to do that for two main reasons. One is that we are not allowed to sell soap because there are the I mean in our country, the European regulation, cosmetic regulations are very, very tough. And Soap is a cosmetic product. It should not be, but it's a cosmetic product, and so we should go through a lot of testing and um, not only testing, but uh, regulation to be able to put one soap on the market to sell one soap. And this would be for each sort of soap. So it's very, it's quite, it's quite difficult. So we don't want that, and it's yeah. not our job. And its soap is very cheap, and we should sell. Millions of soap to to be able to be uh, uh, <laughs> to be, to balance our our costs. So that's not our job. Uh, mm-hmm. And the second point is also. Of, uh, and it's quite obvious that if I sell soaps to the to the hotels, the soap manufacturer will not be very happy with me.
0: <laughs> of course, that's very true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so they would not give the soap anymore. So I mean, so I mean, I, w- I would really kill my own my own source. So I think I would never do that. So uh, so as we cannot sell the soap, we have to find some other ways of uh, financing ourselves. So the hotels are giving a a, a small contribution, I would say, uh, membership, I would uh, call that, Uh, uh, but it's quite small. So, I mean, it's always, um, we are always depending on the, also of the, uh, some kind of sponsors or uh, support of companies who want also, for example, in that corporate social responsibilities to integrate a program like us or just to help them. And this is the only way to do for the moment.
0: Right. Yeah, so you're you're well, you're uh, I suppose open to ideas, and uh, if people want to get behind it, then then you would would welcome that. Of course,
1: absolutely. I'm always open to discussion, and I'm really I'm, I'm really welcoming also new points of views because it's it's the only way to to uh, to move forward is to listen to really uh, people who have never heard about that to say oh okay why don't we why don't you do it this way and we can always uh, have discussion anyway.
0: Yeah, well, discussion is good. Discussion is always say. good. <laughs> That's uh, best. What, what moves us all forward?
1: Exactly, and I think it's the way that creativity is only I mean, way. You, for me, I cannot create. I cannot be creative alone. I need, I need to to be To I mean, I, need, I would need to see people, not now, but
0: yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yes. What's the um? What's the latest in in Switzerland? There, in terms of openings and things. Uh,
1: We don't know exactly because all our neighbors are uh, now in the third wave. Uh, So everybody is, all around us are closing more and more. Switzerland is reopened a bit, but we don't know.
0: Yeah. We don't know.
1: And and, which I have to say, which is not really nice for Switzerland, but the country of pharmaceuticals, we are very late in the vaccine. (laughs)
0: Right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Well, we seem to in the UK here. We seem to be powering ahead. Yes, uh, very good.
1: Wow, that's great.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, we're we're still uh, scheduled to reopen everything by the middle of May. Oh, lucky. So touch wood. <laughs> lucky, yeah yeah well look thank you very much for for coming on and and sharing that i think it's a it's a really wonderful thing and it's another kind of example to me as to there's a whole world of stuff goes on out there that that i wasn't aware of until you start talking to people and i really appreciate the fact that um, that you guys reached out to me uh, on the back of my conversation with mark to to ask if if we might want to have a chat and i'm so grateful that we did because i think what you're doing is is wonderful, and um, and hopefully we can raise its profile and get get some more people on board.
1: I hope so too. Really, I hope so too that more and more hotels will get on board, and more yeah people just just support whatever, and just also the clients of the hotels. If every client of the hotel would ask at the at the desk, "What do you do with your soap once I'm left uh, once I've left?" Maybe that will be, uh, the mentality will change also.
0: Yeah. Um, if people want to, to get a hold of you, what's the, the best method for them to do that, Dorothy?
1: They can send me an email to uh, info at uh, sapocycle.org and uh, I will answer all of them.
0: Fabulous. That's great. Well, thank you very much once again. And I, uh, I, I wish you all the very best in the next phase.
1: Thank you, Phil. It was really a pleasure to, to discuss with you and uh, and I really like your your podcast and I, I hope you you go forward with so with a lot of these very interesting people you are interviewing.
0: Bless you. That's very kind. Take care now. Take care. Bye bye now. Bye. And there we have it, what a wonderful body of work Dorothy has done so far, taking a waste product we all take for granted and turning it into something for positive social change A massive thank you to Dorothy for coming on to share her story and for the incredible work she continues to do. We'd love it if you can spread the word by giving us a like and a share across your networks Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week